This July 4th, from Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen, comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus in The Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Go to angel.com slash freedom for tickets. Only in theaters July 4th. Did you know color is vital to your health? I'm not talking about the color of the walls in your house or your car or your clothes. I'm talking about the color of the food you eat. A colorful diet is a part of staying well because many nutrients are color. The antioxidant lycopene is the red pigment in tomatoes and pink grapefruit. Chlorophyll is excellent for balancing pH and cleansing the body. It's the green in kale, spinach, and broccoli. Resveratrol decreases inflammation, and it's the purple in grapes and berries. Eating a wide variety of fruits and vegetables provides your body with diverse chemistry it needs to heal itself and stay well. Eat the peelings of things like apples and carrots and cucumbers. Balance of Nature is whole produce. It contains all the vital parts in balance. Color, taste, and smell keep you well. And that's what you get with Balance of Nature. Start now by going to balanceofnature.com and don't forget to use discount code KMC. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece house sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. Coming up, a special debate number one analysis episode. We will speak with a former White House press secretary, a former congressman, and one of the leading advocates for women in America. Get their reaction to the debate last night. Stay with us. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog has come out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. Yeah, he's playing the role. As, uh, as well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio.
All right. uh, Very glad to have you with us and very thankful to have some really good expertise to evaluate the debate and the non-debate that took place this week. Uh, My next guest is someone who not only was responsible for setting a few of these things up, he's probably very glad that he's no longer responsible for that thing. Sean Spicer, former White House press uh, press secretary for President Trump and before that uh, press secretary at the Republican National Committee. Sean, it's good to have you back. Always good to be with you, Kevin. Uh, yeah, you're right. I was glad to be an observer um, and and not have uh, sort of having to, to worry about the logistics. It was fun. I was there, as you know, it's my new show, the Sean Spicer Show, which is uh, on iTunes and YouTube. But it was fun to be able to cover it. Yeah. Uh, and, and we broke it down this morning in Milwaukee with with a bunch of the top operatives that were there, uh, which was kind of cool. Because I got to ask the questions instead of being on the receiving end. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's let's do a couple of things here in our time together. First of all, um, what I am discerning from some of the people that I'm speaking with is that the performance of Vivek Ramaswamy, depending on your age and station in life, came across very differently. Ed Morrissey, you, of- nailed, it. you nailed it. it. It's it's amazing. I mean, I've had this discussion twice, and you nailed it. Uh, that's exactly what's happening right now. It depends on who you are, how old you are, where you live. I think mainstream kind of establishment types think he kind of seemed like a kid that didn't really, you know, was just kind of punch drunk, didn't really know what he was doing. And I, what I'm hearing from millennials and younger is that his concise to the point answers were things that they're looking for. His not being owned by a donor is kind of uh, an attractive quality. And in some ways, he was the most Trumpian of all of the the people that were on the stage last night. Absolutely. Yeah, it was the outsider. The guy, as you said, he said, I, I'm not a politician. And ironically, I think that's what a lot of folks want right now. And that's I mean, that, that's, it's the younger Trump version um, of, you know, the thing that was interesting is he was playing that role. But you obviously Trump wasn't on stage. So there's a lot of question about. What would have happened if, if Trump had been there and actually been like, hey, I'm the guy that can actually that did that. I'm right. still the outsider. But you're right. He, he played that role. I think for a lot of older Midwesterners, uh, especially people who go to the caucus, I will be interested to see um, how they interpret what I think a lot of people are saying with a lack of respect. That doesn't mean that you couldn't play the role of the outsider. But I think calling the former vice president, Mike, 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 uh, might have gone over a little you know, disrespectful to some older establishment types. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because I think what you what I think what we are watching happen, Sean, and and it's a combination of factors. It's Vivek in the debate itself. It's Trump forgoing the debate and having 200 million viewers of his uh, interview with uh, Tucker Carlson simultaneously. There's a new landscape. Your, your new television show is exclusively on uh, online outlets. The, the, the world is getting its information and watching this stuff in very different ways than it was before. And on top of all that, I, I saw some stuff from my friend Steve Dace and Bob Vanderplatz in Iowa this week that said, you know, Iowa's wide open and, you know, that everyone's going to have to earn the vote. And I'm thinking to myself, but Trump lost Iowa in 16 and he won the presidency and he won it in 20 and lost the presidency. What kind of upside down topsy turvy universe do we live in, Sean Spicer, that you can pretty much throw out all of the traditional ideas and it might not matter until we actually get to Election Day? Yeah, well, I mean, the answer is I don't know because of what you're exactly talking about. Right. I mean, you think about the places that we're getting our media from. This is part of the reason I joined independent media is because I don't want to be bound by a corporate 
entity that can tell me what to put on or when to do it. And so we just literally taped the Sean Spicer show for today. And like I said, uh, you can get it on iTunes, you can get it on YouTube. But the point is, is that I don't, I don't feel bound to uh, a network right. or an outlet. And so I can talk to the guests that I want about the subjects that I want. Um, you're watching, you know, stations and outlets proliferate. I mean, the Daily Wire, the first, all of these things are, are moving because people are saying, you know, I'm not, my questions, my thoughts, my priorities, my ideas aren't doing this. And then you get a guy like Ramaswamy who's saying, I'm 38 years old. I've never been part of this before. And yet he's number two in the polls, right? People, I, the, the traditional grip on things is gone. And I think whether it's media or social platforms or candidates, it's the, the norms that bound us are continuing to get pulled apart, started with Trump, and it keeps unwinding. I think that's one of the reasons why, no matter how much Chris Christie or Mike Pence or, to some degree, even Nikki Haley flailed last night, they just they weren't able to land uh, any of those uh, real championship blows. Somebody who needed to, and in my estimation did not, was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. I don't think he had a bad night. But in terms of the distance between him and uh, President Trump right now, he has an, a gargantuan chasm to, to cross. And I think that Trump last night, by not being there and doing his separate interview, I think he's distanced in, himself from the pack a little bit more. You probably didn't get to see it until after you got back to your yeah. hotel room. But what did you make of the he's he's he, his interview with Tucker reached more viewers than all of the debates combined in the 2020 cycle? Yeah, but that was the point of it, right? And that's the nut of this, which is that last night's debate was a great show. I don't think it moved the needle with anybody um, in a substantial way. Trump's going to continue to lead by 50 points. Last night was more, I mean, remember, it was a taped interview. This was about making sure that everybody understood, hey, I'm still in charge. I still command the biggest audience. You guys go have fun doing what you're doing. And, and the point was made, you know, uh, the largest debate prior to you know, we don't have the numbers today, but it was 17 million in 2015. Uh, you know, within the first two minutes, the, the interview on uh, Twitter had you know, tens of millions. Right. Um, and and so, look, the world is upside down. Trump is still the injured pound gorilla. And I think one of the things that, that I will harken back to how you started this with respect to Ramaswamy, there were different audiences. Last night, DeSantis was playing big donors that are funding a super PAC and saying, stick with me. Keep sending me money. I just need to keep going. Um and, and that's that's the difference is there were different audiences digesting the debate last night. Did Vivek uh, get a job in the uh, future Trump administration last night? Sure. I talked to Don Jr. right after the debate. I talked. They were all speaking highly. I think he likes it. I just don't know that Vivek wants one. But, I mean, I, you got a guy that just built billion dollar companies. Does he really want to go in and run the Department of Commerce? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, but and I also don't know that he wants to be a number two. But. Look, stranger things happen. I was part of the Trump administration. We had a lot of uh, folks from different backgrounds that shook things up. Maybe he does. I think he'd be great in government uh, for a, a certain roles. But, uh, but the, the, again, the one other thing is that we're way early. This is still preseason, man. You know, we're, I don't think we're, we're five months away from the Iowa caucuses on January 15th. Uh, we got another debate coming up in January, on, on September 27th at the Reagan Library. Trump will not be there for that. You can take that to the bank. But I think these guys are continuing to inch forward. I think the field also got winnowed last night. Asa Hutchinson and Doug Bargum, uh, I, I don't think are going to see the stage. Yeah. I, 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 I do think that Chris Christie, uh, you know, is going to have a hard time moving forward because I, I don't think even the kamikaze mission that he was on really 
landed last night, even with the, the, the never comfers. I, I just don't I don't think he had the opportunities that he was hoping for to get those one liners across. Yeah, no, I think that you're exactly right. John Spicer, appreciate your analysis. You uh, served our country quite well and the uh, administration of number 45. And I'm grateful to have you in the media speaking truth to power as often as you can. And now in an independent way. Thanks for being with us. Yep, and again, thanks to all the supporters of your show that go out. If you are interested, SeanSpicerShow.com is all the things. But listen, to support us, subscribe everywhere you can. Apple, iTunes, yeah. Apple, 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 Spotify, YouTube. It's always helpful. Thanks, Kevin. I always appreciate your friendship and support. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back from New York. Don't go away. Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. I was a child when I was abducted by the Arabs. My parents used to own livestock and my mother would do all the cooking for us. I don't remember the year that I was captured. There had never been any problems in our village. Then one day, all of a sudden, we heard that there were Arabs attacking Dinka villages throughout the south. We were so worried we could not even sleep at night. It was a big concern to my mother and my father. We were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared. Then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down and I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped right in front of us. Men were beaten and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief and then they raped me. My slave master did not think of me as a human. He would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick. And one day I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by. How I wanted to be free. That retriever secured my freedom. And thank God I was able to return to South Sudan. Thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free. But please don't stop until we get them all. And may I just add that we are so thankful 
that you have been part of the team that has helped us liberate more than 45 slaves this year already. Of the 192 that are on the list, 45 of them uh, have been liberated, and we have more that we are about to embark upon to do. You may know the violence in, in Sudan is very dangerous right now, and yet our slave liberators are more committed than ever to getting them out. Uh, to get them to safety and to get them to uh, be reunited with their family. If you'd like to help us, here's the number, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org for all the details. Bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org. Help us put an end to slavery in this lifetime, 888-342-1010. Hi, Kevin McCullough. You know, we always talk about how to keep your immune system on the healthy. Uh, It's your most important defense against most of the uh, wellness maladies that are out there right now. And when you talk about the little ingredients that help you the most, vitamin B12, vitamin C, vitamin D, and some zinc, you can get all of that in one place. An all-natural supply of BC Boost will help your body boost your antioxidants and fight those diseases. Uh, antioxidants like vitamin C, which helps strengthen your body's natural defense mechanisms. Uh, powerful antioxidants help harmful free ra- uh, neutralize harmful free radicals and help fight infections and oxidate stress and support a healthy immune system all the way around. Stay protected by getting your own BC Boost with BC Boost. Go to bcboost.com. That's bcboost.com. bcboost.com. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. And uh, this day after the debate, uh, of course, is being realized in a city here in New York where there are uh, massive problems on the local level that don't even uh, really reach the presidency in terms of the immediate uh, relief and what could be done there. But I want to get some perspective on how all of this is kind of uh, culminating uh, on Staten Island. Of course, uh, there's been some controversy this week because the mayor has uh, allocated uh, some areas to be migrant shelters that are not being well received in the uh, neighborhoods where they've been targeted. And here to comment on it is former congressman and borough president for Staten Island, Vito Fisella. Vito, welcome back. It's always good to talk to you. Thank you, Kevin. Likewise, it's always great to be with you and speak with you as well. Last night, it was pretty clear that the also-rans that were on the stage at the debate and President uh, Trump's comments in his own conversation with Tucker Carlson, that the migrant crisis continues to be probably the number one issue that the country is facing. Given your local issues that have been um, presented uh, this week, once it was discovered what these uh, where these shelters were being targeted, um, how much do you agree with that sentiment? Excuse me. I I think it's right up there. Uh, You know, you have your, especially at a national level, uh, you have policies uh, that whether it be in high inflation or the tax, uh, tax code, national security, those are your traditional structural issues that people have different points of view on. But the migrant crisis is one of those that's come up in the last couple of years in large part because the current administration has allowed the border uh, between Texas and Arizona and elsewhere to be wide open. 
And we all know, at least let me back up a step. We we all, all don't know, but I am of the camp that a nation should have borders to maintain its integrity and that immigrants who want to come here, as my family did, should do so in the right way. And unfortunately, that takes time these days. And unfortunately, is a lot of it involved. But that doesn't mean you open the door and allow hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people to flood across and just say, hey, I'm here. Take care of me. And now drill it down to Staten Island. That's exactly what's happened because of awkward, stupid policies that are now flooding neighborhoods across Staten Island in an area that did nothing to create this problem. And now Staten Island residents and taxpayers have to solve the problem. And we don't think that's right. Well, and it kind of uh, lends credence to that old saying that now every state is a border state. Um, You can't be much further away from the Mexican border than to be on Staten Island. And yet uh, you're being inundated with what exactly what what has come to light in the last uh, 48 hours or so? Well, if I can, I want to back up to about a year ago in October when the first migrants arrived in the the Travis section of Staten Island and basically took over a couple of the hotels in that area. And we stood there then in front of the hotel on that first day when others were welcoming them in Port Authority in Midtown with champagne glasses and cell phones. We said this policy is unsustainable. It's going to be a burden that we cannot support. And we cannot sustain. Uh, We asked for an independent budget office analysis for the cost. And at that time, they predicted about a half a billion dollars. We all know now that that number is up to $12 billion to be borne by New York City taxpayers and Staten Island taxpayers. And it's growing. Just a couple of weeks ago, there was a senior, former senior center, uh, senior housing complex that will be converted to a migrant's. And just last night, in the last 48 hours, but specifically last night, we're standing and we stood outside a school uh, that will be converted to at least uh, 300 to accommodate at least 300 people, potentially up to 750. And the problem with this one, the old school was was an old girl school, St. John Villa. It's in the heart of a beautiful residential neighborhood right across the street, 50 feet across the street is the fence to a another school that's active, both an elementary and an all-girls Catholic high school. And then a block away is another elementary school. And we know by experience that when these shelters open, you have folks just hanging around in the middle of the day, loitering, doing whatever they're doing. And we think it's unsafe, it's not right, and is the worst concept and location one could imagine. It seems like there's a couple of people that understand the, the urgency and the importance of this. But until the um, political class at large does, um, we're not going to we're not going to where's the courage to change this? Mayor Adams, Governor Hochul, President Biden. What what have any of them done on it so far? Not nearly enough. They've ignored it. Uh, they've lied to us about it. You know, they, the folks at the, in D.C. come on the screen and say with a straight face that the border is closed. I mean, once you start in any type of discussion or relationship where it's a blatant lie, right, like that, where do you go from there? And it's equivalent of sitting in your home and all of a sudden it starts to rain and you realize that there's a big hole in your roof and the water starts gushing in 
And your solution is, well, let me change the umbrella that I'm using in my house. Uh, and the rain just keeps coming and coming and coming. And you're changing umbrellas or covering your furniture with plastic. But we all know the common sense response to it is close the roof. Right. And then we'll worry about the damage later. But literally what's happening, and I hope folks at the national level appreciate this, thousands are coming into New York City. New York City is in is implementing what I think is a ridiculous policy right now. It's called the right to shelter consent decree. It is not a law. It is not in the constitution. In our opinion, it was entered into about 40 years ago, with the city and the state to accommodate a handful of people who lived in an area. We know Kevin, the Bowery at the, years ago, yep. the Bowery was yep. the Bowery bombs. You had a handful of guys hanging out there. They were derelicts, drug addicts, and people said, hey, we need to take care of these guys during the winter months because they're going to freeze to death. That was the genesis of right to shelter. It was never meant to be a welcome mat for wherever you are around the world to come into New York and say, we'll put you up every night for 300 bucks a night and we'll feed you and we'll give you taxpayer funded health care. We'll put your kids in school. We'll give you debit cards. We'll give you cell phones. Now, let me give you a number that is, is relatively staggering to me. Okay. The average income, average household income on Staten Island, the, 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 one, the zip code with the highest average income is about $136,000 per, per household. That's the highest. We estimate that it costs at least $140,000 a year to accommodate a migrant family of four. And that's not even in a house. That's typically on a cot or in a hotel room. Hmm. So the the cost to accommodate one migrant family is higher than the highest average household income in Staten Island. That's number one. Number two, any of these asylum seekers making a, a reservation or a scheduling an appointment for uh, asylum hearing could be up to nine years right now. Nine years. So are we on the hook to accommodate these individuals for the next nine years? And as they say, in just less than one year, the number has gone from a half a billion to $12 billion. That number will only grow at this rate. Yeah. Vito Fasella, borough president for Staten Island and former congressman, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being with us. And we're hoping that uh, solutions present themselves soon and that we can get this turned around. But we'll uh, we'll keep fighting the good fight with you. Thank you so much, Kevin. Always great to be with you. Appreciate you got it. it. Kevin McCullough coming right back from New York. Don't go away. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I'm older and I have more energy, just like all the commercials that I see on TV. So it really is a help uh, to my well-being. I'm 80 years old. I clean up after 450 kids in a cafeteria for three hours. And then I clean 300 steps. And then I, I vacuum carpets and clean halls in five hours because you know, for an 80 year old, that's a lot to do. And I still have energy after work. I consider it a, a great success. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. For a limited time this summer, get $25 off your first order as a preferred customer, plus a free fruits and veggies travel set with free shipping and our money back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KMC. 
Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest-growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I want to talk to you about immune systems. You know, that part of you that helps you fight off things like the common cold, which happens to be a coronavirus, COVID-19, RSV, other upper respiratory infections. Plus, maybe you feel, uh, I don't know, worn down or stressed out. Maybe you need help regulating blood pressure or insulin. Did you know that vitamin D3 does all of that? Vitamin D is not really a vitamin. It's a different type of substance. Your body actually helps make it when sunshine is exposed. But it also plays a very big role in your immune system. And if you have autoimmune dysfunction... It even helps you in that regard. Get your D3 all you need by taking BC Boost. Dr. Jeanette Nishwat's uh, little creation, BC Boost. It's a combination of B12, vitamin C, vitamin D, and a little bit of zinc to help you stay immune positive. That's bcboost.com. bcboost.com. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, very pleased to welcome back uh, to the Kevin McCullough microphone my next guest. She is a senior policy analyst for the Independent Women's Forum, and she's just a really great human being. Also, a brand new author of a brand new book we'll get into uh, before her time with us is up as well. Please welcome Carrie Sheffield. Hello, Carrie. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Good to be it's, here. It's always good to talk to you. Um, this week, the debate and the interview that uh, President Trump 
conducted kind of went off simultaneously. Uh, I think it was within the first five minutes of the broadcast on Fox News that Trump had already crossed five, six million viewers <laughs> on Tucker Carlson's channel on X. And I think that uh, it was off to the races. Um, by the next day afternoon, there were well over 212 million people that had viewed that interview. And from the beginning, there were people that said, Trump's making a mistake and not standing on the stage. And then there were people that I spoke with after the debate was over that said Trump made a brilliant decision not to stand on the stage with how it went last night. I'm just curious in your overall sense of election cycles and debates and how it all plays. What what were your general impressions of the debate this week? I think overall, I mean, Trump is a mold breaker, obviously. So he broke the mold when it comes to debates. I've never seen anything like this where the front runner refuses to come on stage, but he's that much far ahead where he has that leeway to do that. Uh, and that's what I thought was interesting because it strategically just the upside versus the downside potential for him to be on that stage to allow someone like Chris Christie or Asa Hutchinson to try to go after him. It didn't look like it would be empowering for him. And so I, I completely understand why he did it. Um, I would personally put the caveat on the number of views. Those things can be fudged a little bit. Not to mention, how do you mark, you know, measure and how long are you talking about a half second view versus, you know, Nielsen has a much more standardized uh, rating system. So I'm not as convinced on that, especially because algorithms can be sort of, as we know, uh, for better or for worse, manipulated. Um, so I, I don't know what the true figure is in terms of impact compared to a traditional broadcast viewer, but clearly there was a massive appetite for what President Trump had to say. So I think overall, President Trump was the winner of the night. Uh, and then as far as the debate is concerned, though, I think Vivek Ramaswamy was the winner on the stage. And I've been following him for a while. Uh, and full disclosure, I actually put money on him, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago on the predictive markets. Um, <laughs> because I just, I, you know, we've, we've known him at Independent Women's Forum. We gave him our Gentleman of Distinction Award last fall. Um, uh, just I've been so impressed with him. I think he is truly a mold breaker, kind of like how President Trump is a mold breaker. Uh, so I wasn't surprised to see. I, I was shocked in the sense of how much Ron DeSantis was untouched, even though he's nominally the front runner and it's how they were all going after Vivek. It really, to me, became a, a, a battle between establishment versus insurgent in the case of Vivek. Yeah, uh, essentially Trumpism, uh, because his policies seem to uh, very much reflect that of President Trump. And he's made the kind of strategic decision through all of the indictments to rally to Trump's side and to condemn uh, the Justice Department and the prosecutors very, very strongly from the campaign trail. His uh, his fellow running mates have not uh, uh, seen uh, their way as clear to do that, especially as forcefully as he has. He's called whole, whole press conferences just to condemn the indictments against uh, President Trump. Um, I am curious and I, I'm pretty familiar with the Nielsen uh, process and uh, the, the the way this is calculated. I, I do. I. I you know, it's interesting because my bride and I sat in the living room. We started the debate, jumped over to the Tucker interview, watched that in its completion, went back and uh, finished the the the, um, the 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 hard drive recording for the uh, debate. I watched both fully, um, but we only got one credit in the uh, watching the interview section because we had it up on the screen. We were both in the room, whereas um, you know the Nielsen recorded that as a household, and I, I think. 
I'm going to, I'm going to just disagree slightly with you. I think, I think it's a pretty uh, on target uh, type of measurement. And when you think about the opportunity, even if it's just raw views to put 200 million eyeballs plus uh, onto your message for the night without having Chris Christie nipping at your ankles. I mean, that's, that's a stroke of genius, I think in, in this day and age. It was, I mean, absolutely disruptive. And I mean, I guess the other flip side of what you're saying, though, is like, what if I get my phone, my laptop, my iPad, is that three views versus <laughs> right. I'm one person? So that therein lies sort of the black box of, of metrics. And, and we know the dark arts of it, you can put that in any medium in that way. Um, but but I, I agree on principle, though, that what Trump did was very innovative and it is it is where the future is uh yeah. that that people are cutting the cord the um, networks are not going to be nearly as important four years from now and I, they're going to be less important this year than they were four years ago she's carrie sheffield i'm kevin mccullough we're coming right back we've got a lot more to get into i want to know um how you rate the discussion about all of the issues as women saw them last night stay with us This July 4th, from Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen, comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus and the Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Go to angel.com slash freedom for tickets. Only in theaters July 4th. For those of you that know, we have been doing all that we can to help liberate human trafficking and human slaves uh, with Christian Solidarity International this year. It's our annual cause, and we have 192 names of women that need our assistance this year. Uh, women that have experienced some excruciating things. And I want to say thank you to those of you that have already called, 888-342-1010. We have helped liberate uh, more than a dozen now this year. But I want to tell you the story of Ayak. Ayak uh, was born in northern Sudan. She was born into slavery. Her mother and father had been taken from South Sudan when they were just young kids. Uh, And she grew up as a slave's a child. She saw her mother regularly be beaten by her Arab slave master. Then there was the day that her father was told to go to the farm to work, but because of how sick he was, he physically couldn't walk. His master got so angry at him, he said, you dirty, dirty, dirty dog. If you don't go to the farm, you will die. He couldn't walk. So the Arab master shot my father dead right in front of me, says Ayak when she tells her story later. Uh, As she was growing up and getting a little bit older, that master sold her out to another master who raped her repeatedly, who forced her to uh, commit uh, genital mutilation on herself, and who told her that uh, she would not get to keep the children that she had from that slave master. Uh, She would do hard work every day, carry water, long distances, uh, clean clothing, clean things in the house, uh, take abuse from the Arab master's wife. She said, I have seen so many slaves in the area who face the same thing as me. She said, but then one day a retriever found me. I was walking to the well to fetch water. He asked me to leave and go with him. His name was Osman Bashir, and he had many men with him. They took me to his camp and brought me back to South Sudan. Friends, that's the story of an actual liberation of an actual slave 
And that's the people that we help when you call 888-342-1010. There are 175 women that we know we can yet save this year. We just need your help. 888-342-1010. 888-342-1010. Help us liberate every slave right now. For $250, you not only affect their liberation, but you set them up with everything they need for a new life uh, in their home in South Sudan, uh, including grain, seed, utensils, uh, other things that they need to create uh, a life for themselves. And you do it when you call 888-342-1010. Or go to bringherhome.org. If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. And we're back from Times Square. Kevin McCullough, always pleased to have you with us. Uh, it was a big night. It's a big night for people that uh, did not necessarily come in as heavyweights. Vivek Ramaswamy uh, was polling third in the primary going into the debate night. Uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, Carrie Sheffield from the Independent Women's Forum. Um, a lot of people, some of my colleagues at Salem and others said, if DeSantis really intends to make his case to the American people and more importantly, his donors, that he's a serious candidate. He needs to have a breakout night and he didn't have a lot of attacks against him, but he didn't have a lot of good moments. It just kind of had a couple of lines that came off pretty well. He got the first question. I thought he answered that well, but from that point forward, it was attack Vivek and watch Ramaswamy do his magic um, in terms of responding for somebody who had never debated before at 38 years of age. I thought he, he held up really well. There were people who questioned whether or not he had that ability, but what happened to DeSantis? Why did he just kind of go invisible last night? So my theory on that without any inside knowledge is that he felt, I think a little bit boxed in because of what happened with the leak of, of his, this campaign memo from the PAC. Cause that memo said, hammer Vivek, hammer this, hammer that, go on the attack dog, be an attack dog. So he was kind of constrained that if he actually did any of that, whether or not he was planning to do that on his own, separate from the pack, then Vivek would bring up the document, which he did not. Nobody else brought it up on stage either, in part because I think he felt like he couldn't, that if he did, he would then be accused of being that puppet of the pack. I mean, Vivek touched about that a little bit in general to say, I'm the only one on the stage who's not a pack puppet. Although I think Doug Burgum is, is probably the only other one because he's self-financed also. Uh, but he was really a non-player. So, uh, but, in but everybody else got the memo and carried it out because it was pile on Vivek all night long. Yeah. And that's, and that's where I think it really became, uh, Vivek as the torchbearer for Trump, that it really became establishment versus insurgent again in the same way that Trump did that in 2016. VP material? It, well, it's funny to see him say, oh, I would never do that. I'm only running for first. Of course, he has to say that. But I just I have a hard time thinking he would say no to the fact that he could be one heartbeat away from the presidency. So I, I think he would be a fantastic VP. The other, other possibilities, if he says no, is if he is the czar of government deforestation, uh, basically, and, and trimming all of, of the fat in the bureaucracy, maybe that's his special role. I don't I don't know. That's the only other role I can think of. But why not have that just be the VP? Yeah, no, that could be. Well, and we can give the VP any job he want because they don't, you know, to quote Hamilton, have a real job anyway. Um <laughs> 
So the idea that um, these candidates were trying to connect with different audiences, um, you know, I thought Nikki Haley had a couple of shining moments. I thought she and Tim Scott actually represented South Carolina very well. Um, I don't think either one of them have a shot, particularly of winning South Carolina, because they cancel each other out in their home state. And that is the all important third primary that whoever wins it for the Republicans becomes the nominee for the party. Um, But overall, the women's issues and what moms and women are looking for in the 2024, not just candidate, but president. Did you see it represented either in Trump or in the uh, men on the stage last night? Well, I think I think in general, from a policy standpoint, any of those candidates would be and more importantly, the people they would bring into the White House with them would be light years ahead of who's there now. So in that respect, hands down, it was a win on the policy front as far as moving things more in a freedom direction. I did appreciate that Nikki Haley talked about, you know, the 30 trillion in debt. And she said, we need an accountant in the White House. Uh, It was interesting to see a focus group. I know it's not scientific, but uh, in it, but it was CNN. Uh, They had a focus group of Iowa Republican primary caucus voters. uh, And they, the first place winner was Vivek and second place was Nikki. Um, And so I I agree with you. I think she had some strong moments. Uh, I think the, uh, she brought up and uh, Tim Scott, actually, I think it was Tim Scott that brought up, uh, if you're born a male, you compete against males in sports. That's what you do. That's how I was raised. And that's a key issue for us in an independent women's forum and the legislation we're pushing forward. We just got signed into law with Governor Stitt in Oklahoma, the Women's Bill of Rights that protects women's prisons, women's sports, women's shelters, just recognizes under the Equal Protection Clause that there are biological distinctions between men and women. It defines what a woman is. We answer that question, what is a woman? And uh, so I, Tim Scott, I was glad that he brought that up. I I, I sense that the majority of the people on that stage probably agree, although Chris Christie has said some troubling things um, in the last year or so um, that just didn't seem to make any sense at all. And I understand why his ratings are higher amongst Democrats than they are Republicans at present. Um, What else do you think uh, people were looking for uh, from last night's debate? And do you think that the field has, or this week's debate, and has the field uh, willowed at all. I'm winnowed at all. Have they, have they, are we, will, will we not see all of those people back on the stage in September? As I understand it, the RNC is increasing the polling threshold. I think, I think it was 1% in a certain number of national, and I, I believe it's going to go up to 4%. So I think from their perspective, they do want to winnow it. So I think we probably will, probably the people on the wing. So Chris Christie, Asa Hutchinson, uh, Borgwam, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, uh, gone, probably, most likely. Um, so, I, and I think that that's, uh, that's, it'll be, what'll be interesting is that even if they're not on the stage, they could still have the polling. So I, I don't think we'll necessarily have uh, them dropping out. Um, people are stubborn. And uh, so, so we'll see. But I, I think overall, it was definitely, like I said, a victory for uh, just making the case that anybody on there is a what way better alternative to Joe Biden. What did you make of angry Mike Pence? Now I got to say, before I let you answer that I have known Mike and advocated for him and uh, worked on his behalf from the time he was a congressman. I thought he was a wonderful congressman from Indiana. I thought he did a marvelous job as governor. Um, I thought he was a good vice president. I I'm sad that he and uh, president Trump had a parting of the ways over January 6th and, you know, hurt feelings seemed to carry on and linger. 
Um, but I did not understand angry Mike Pence. He, that's never been his persona. Yeah. And, and just knowing what I know, I, I don't know him as well as you do. I, I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever met him. I know, I know some other members of his family, but um, it didn't fit who his persona is. And I think that that, that was this weird dichotomy because on the one hand, he was trying to preach the Reagan shining city on a hill. But then on the other hand, he's, he's trying to be Mr. Stop Cross, it, Vivek. Stop it. My, yeah. Like get off my lawn, basically. And I thought that what I thought was the most interesting exchange between those two was uh, when Vivek was saying, you're using a 1980s songbook and America's not what it used to be in the sense that it's true. Like I, I'm a grandma millennial. I like to joke. I'm on the older end of millennials. Millennials, Gen Z, look, look at our mental health. Like we're this gender dysphoria stuff. It's mentally health. It's a mental health issue. Um, it's, it's a cultural issue. The fact that it's contagion among these young girls who feel like they need, they need the social validation, um, the spiritual decline, the lack of spiritual participation. Mental health is spiritual health. And Vivek, encapsulates that so well in in a in a way that Mike Pence does Mike Pence seemed to be in his in a bubble and I I agree the aspirations of Mike Pence was expressing is what we aim for but I think Vivek is much more of a realist and that's ultimately what I found in this intergenerational struggle was that Vivek seemed to be more mature because he was explaining the problem much more articulately than uh, and with fewer words you know I felt like Mike Pence was stuck in 1986 for some reason Carrie Sheffield, always appreciate your hard work with the Independent Women's Forum, and thank you for spending some time with us. Thanks, Kevin. Good to see you. Take care. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back from Times Square. Don't go away. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest-growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep Almost immediately, I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented my pillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. This July 4th, from Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen, comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus and the Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Go to angel.com slash freedom for tickets. Only in theaters July 4th. you need to know when you need it it's kevin mccullough radio kevin mccullough glad to have you with us final few minutes and on this uh you know uh, day following the uh, 
debate last night. There's there's a lot of attention that has been given to a lot of other things. I did not discuss uh, the president's mugshot or uh, his um, uh, being arrested today. I I feel like that that is going to be one of those black marks in history that we look at and say that should have never have happened. And uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting day when the, the fruit of that actually comes to fruition. But I do have some interesting uh, observations to end uh, the broadcast with. And if you'll just indulge me a couple of minutes, I think what we're starting to see is a loosening of the um, a loosening of the of the traditional structures around what this election is going to be um, like. Uh, we've never jailed uh, a political opponent before. Uh, we've never jailed a former president before we've we've never put a former president on trial. And when you see the the madhouse that the country has become. Not just in in the social uh, policy areas, not just the gender identity squabbles in schools or the CRT issues or any of the the really hot topics like that, but even in. In the disastrous economic policy, and as Congressman Fasella mentioned, the the willingness to use migrants uh, to accomplish an agenda now, we, we are we are betraying the best essence of ourselves as Americans. We are taking the the best idea of what America is, and we are turning it into a very ugly distortion of what we can and should be as a country. And I think the energy that you're seeing behind someone like a Vivek Ramaswamy or the overwhelming support uh, that you're seeing of Donald Trump with over 200 million viewers on his alternative interview to the debate where the debate's going to have scored maybe, maybe at best about nine and a half to 10 million viewers on TV. I'm just I'm just pointing out that what you're seeing is a revolution of how people are getting their information and a revolution of how they're expressing their solidarity for what the country represents to them. And I think that when we see government doing bad things on our name and reputation as taxpayers, it is incumbent upon us to do just that. Now, we have to vote with our feet, with our dollars, and with our votes. And you're going to be given 14 months of nothing but that over the next year. So I hope that you will take advantage uh, and express your opinions strongly and assertively. And I hope that those opinions embrace the very best of what America can and still should be in the days to come. There'll be lots more debates. There'll be lots more of other things to discuss. But that's a look at how it came down on this very first one. Thank you for indulging me on that topic uh, this go around. Kevin McCullough. We'll see you next time.